Two years after Sandy, thousands of homeowners are still waiting to see recovery money. But that's a problem places throughout the country suffer from after disasters. In part one of our story, we looked at how some of the same companies New Jersey and New York hired to manage their recovery had also worked in Louisiana after Katrina with mixed results. Today, Scott Gurian from New Jersey Public Radio and Eve Tro of WWNO in New Orleans look at five of the major lessons learned post-Katrina and post-Sandy. What we didn't anticipate was... In an interview at New Orleans Public Radio Studios, attorney Jeffrey Thomas unrolls a document he ceremoniously received from a private contractor when he worked for local government after Hurricane Katrina. This amazing seven-foot-long roadmap for how to use dollar one. The map shows all the public hearings, documentation, environmental checks, reports, and other steps required for spending money from the Department of Housing and Urban Development. We spent months trying to take the seven-foot-long flowchart and make it five feet. You know, <laughs> But, you know, to the public, this is all lost on them. This is just delay. They're not seeing what things are happening. The number one lesson to learn from slow recoveries after hurricanes? Cut the red tape. Scott Gurian from New Jersey Public Radio has something to say about that. Now, the federal government says these rules prevent fraud. But after the storm, New York City's former Sandy czar, Brad Gare, he had to send notices to Native American tribes in case there were human remains or other artifacts at the rebuilding sites, even when people were just repairing their ceilings and walls. Lesson two, more oversight. If you're going to use outside contractors, you've got to watch over them more closely. Amy Peterson, the current director of New York City's recovery effort, says both the blessing and the curse of hiring consultants is that they'll do exactly what you tell them to do. There's no kind of nuance, understanding of how to move people forward, how to have a bit of flexibility across, you know, this very complex program with lots of regulations. But if you add more oversight, she says, when the outside contractors hit roadblocks, city employees could use their discretion to change rules and get the money out the door more quickly. Lesson three, create a post-disaster workforce. Robin Keegan works at a firm that does disaster recovery in New Orleans called GCR. She sees a need for workers who specialize in post-disaster skills. Now that we're seeing, unfortunately, an increase in disasters, How do you really bring people and train them for the opportunities that are there? Making sure that there's enough workers in the pipeline. That's the irony. Part of the solution to the problems of the disaster industry may be to make the disaster industry bigger, more permanent. Lesson four. States and cities need a better cookbook telling them exactly what to do. New York City's Brad Gare says the federal government gives cities and states too much freedom to design their own housing recovery programs. We've got to figure out how to build these programs at the federal level, have them off the shelf, ready to be implemented, turned on right after the disaster, and not try to build a program from scratch on each single disaster. It just doesn't work. And lesson five, manage the public's expectations. New Jersey Governor Chris Christie sounded like he was telling it straight when, shortly after Sandy, he visited a damaged boardwalk and said, Because I want to be honest and direct about this. This phase is going to take months months, if not years, to be completed fully and to our satisfaction. Months, if not years? Two years later, less than a third of the federal aid earmarked for New Jersey's housing recovery has actually been spent. I'm in the Gentilly neighborhood of New Orleans on Wickfield Drive, a part of the city that flooded after Katrina. 
A lot of people here have come back. There are Halloween decorations on the houses, fake spider webs and ghosts. But some houses are clearly still in limbo, nine years after the storm. In this small white house, you can see through the broken windows that it's been gutted. Someone cleaned it out, and maybe they thought they'd start work on it, but didn't get further along. This is why it's important that New Jersey and New York's housing recovery programs get things right. So homeowners don't give up, leaving blighted, abandoned properties behind. For WNYC, I'm Scott Gurian in New York. And I'm Eve Tro in New Orleans. Eve Tro reports for public radio station WWNO at the University of New Orleans. This story is part of our Sandy Rebuild collaboration with NJSpotlight.com. To listen to part one of our story, do it right here at WNYC.org.